0: Hi, this is Fred Olin Ray, and this is One Take Territory. Today is Friday the 13th, so I figured what better day than to discuss uh, my go-round with the uh, Friday the 13th TV series and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. A few people have asked me about that, and I'm just kind of in the aftermath of my birthday, which was September 10th, and I'm enjoying a little bit of uh, Hawaiian Moonshine, which uh, uh, Gerald Webb gave me for my birthday. <clears throat> and it seems like it's made with some kind of fruit or something, but it's 100 proof, so you got to really watch it. I might just say or, or reveal. Who knows? Uh, I, I have a bad habit sometimes of saying exactly what I'm thinking uh, and uh, perhaps being too honest at times. Um, on on a side note, you know, um, for many years I had an agency that represented me. I still have an agent that represents me, but I was at APA agency for the performing arts, which is one of the biggest agencies in town. And, um, it's uh, one of the top five as they would, they would say. And every once in a while they would send me out on something that I was really interested in. And, um, uh, they they asked me at one point, did I want to go out for uh, one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? And uh, I said, yeah. They said they're looking for a writer-director. That is a director who can also write his own screenplay. Excuse me. <coughs> did I mention that this stuff was 100 proof? Hang on. There you go. So I said, okay. And I wasn't a huge fan of Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But I went and saw whatever the current one was. And um, I, I said, you know, this is part I don't get about these movies. I said, why is it always the evil guy uh, who gets to come back from the dead and revenge himself? I mean, uh, on, on people who, you know, he kind of, you know, Freddy Krueger kind of got what he had coming, you know what I mean? It wasn't like it was an undeserved uh, hazing that he received. Um, but I always wondered why the bad guys get to come back from beyond the grave. I said, why don't we do a story where the children, the child victims of Freddy Krueger, would come back to thwart him at the end, the the, the kids that he had uh, murdered would come back to be his undoing, and they had to bring him back in the movie in some fashion. So I devised a plot where a girl became pregnant, and she was kind of like, kind of like acting strange, and she was knitting a dirty little red and black striped sweaters and. Things And eventually Freddy Krueger would rip his way, be born as a full grown man out of her abdomen during the course of the movie. And that's how he would come back into the movie, but the the spirits of the children that he had done in would come back and undo him at the end. So I write this up and I go to, um, I believe it was New Line Cinema. And they were down off of Robertson, you know, near Beverly Hills. And I go in, and they have a book. You have to sign this book to get in, you know, past the lobby. And uh, I wish I could remember the guy's name that I saw because it was burned in my brain there for a while. And uh, I walk in, and the guy says, let me tell you, he goes, before you get started, he goes, we've heard it all. He goes, well, no matter what, you got written on that paper. He goes, we've seen it all. I said, well, okay. I said, you know, pitch now? Yeah, (laughs) pitch now. Okay. So I do the pitch. And the guy leans back and he says, well, I'll tell you what, he goes, we've not heard that before. I went, oh, he goes, yeah, he goes, we've not heard anything like that before. He goes, "Um, we'll let you know. I said, great. So I walk out of New Line and the Writer's Guild is only a block away. So before I go to my car, I said, you know what? I'm gonna go right over to the Writer's Guild and I'm gonna register this treatment that I had just pitched just to protect myself, you know? So I go over there and I give them 35 bucks or whatever it is they want and they register this Nightmare on Elm Street treatment that I pitch on that day and they stamp it and they keep a copy and then they give you a record back of your copy. And I still have it. To this day, out in an envelope here in my office, out, out in the warehouse area, There's a, I have the uh, stamped uh, treatment. So anyway, I, I don't get the job, right? Don't get it. You know, that's the way it works. And then all of a sudden, someone says, hey, you know, there's a new Nightmare on Elm Street. It sounds a lot like the story that you pitched. And um, I don't remember if I went to see it. I think I must have. uh, But I don't remember watching because I don't really care for that franchise. Um, But it, it appeared to me or occurred to me that, yes, it did seem like they had taken my idea And run with it, uh, but they had neglected to hire me, or pay me, or credit me. So I went to APA, the agency, who had sent me there, and I said, guys, there's a problem here. I said, um, I went in there, I pitched this, I said, but better than that, I said, I went to the Writers Guild, and uh, I registered this. They said, Fred, what do you want us to do? I said, well, I said, the horses, you know, left the barn. I said, "Uh, I would like, on any anything that comes in the future, whether it's a VHS or whatever it is, that my name gets added to the credit for a story or something, and that they pay me something token like 5000 bucks, Which I believe Harlan Ellison had a similar deal on Terminator, where they they couldn't change what had already happened, but things in the future would then bear Harlan Ellison's uh, some kind of credit for him. So APA calls over to New Line, and New Line tells them, that uh, I was never there. And they said, Fred, they said you, you never came in. I said, well, you, you set up this appointment. You obviously know I went there. I said, and there's a book. There's a book that you sign when you come in that my name is on. And I said, I walked right from there to the Writers Guild and I registered this right after the meeting. And they said, Fred, because it's a big company. Uh, we don't wanna rock the boat over something this small. And they said, if they're prepared to lie about whether you even walked in the door or not, they said, it's going to be a huge fight, and we don't want to uh, get involved. And I thought, well, that, 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 that blows. Uh, but that's the way it worked out. I got nothing. My agents wouldn't back me up. I'm not there anymore, just for the, the hell of it. Um, and uh, they just they were more than happy to just let me take this down the river. Now, the next go-round was Friday the 13th. I'm not sure which one was first, but this one was kind of like my own fault, you know, where you just, you're enthusiastic, you want to, you know, you want to get ahead, you want to work, you know, we all want a job. I don't know how many people who listen to this are actually working directors or people who work in the industry, but you know, if your rent, you know, depends on, you know, making movies, I mean, we're all down to, you know, get ahead in this world. So anyway... Uh, My agent set me up to go to Paramount, and uh, they were making the Friday the 13th TV series. And uh, every one of the episodes um, was about an object. And again, I was not a big fan of the show, uh, but I knew what it was about. And you have to go in and pitch, and I pitched a couple stories. You have to pitch a story, and it's a writer-director sort of situation. So I went in, and now this show was being made out of the um, – uh, it wasn't the main building. They were like – I don't know what the word they called them when I was a kid. They, they had these classrooms that were almost like mobile classrooms. They were like in these portables or, or mobile rooms, you know what I mean? Like, um, like a bungalow or something. But that's where they were. They were in some kind of freestanding – there was a bunch of the, the ones for different productions. But it was a freestanding uh, portable building of some sort. And I went in there, and I, I don't remember what both of the stories were, but one of them was the Belle of the Marie Celeste. And um, this is the ship, I guess, that was found in the 30s or the 20s, and uh, nobody was on it, but the food was on, hot food was on the tables, and there was coffee in the cups, and they found it, but everyone had mysteriously disappeared from the Marie Celeste. And the haunted object for my story was the bell, the bell off of the, the ship or the boat or whatever it was. And there was another story that I pitched, but I can't remember what it was. So I go in there and I do my thing, like you always do. You sit there, yeah, and you make nice, and then you know, you tell them your ideas, and they go, oh, okay, well, we'll let you know. And and then we started talking about the Friday the 13th movies. And, you know, me and my big mouth, you know, you, you're trying to get a job. And I said to the guy, I said, you know, if it was me, (laughs) this is a bad way to start any conversation. I said, if it was me, I said, I would make a movie where they take Jason's body from the last movie and they're taking it back to the morgue, you know, for an autopsy or whatever it is, and they bring him into a major city, I said, and he revives in the back of the morgue wagon and gets loose, like in New York. And the guy said, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. And then, of course, I turn around. The next thing I know, they're making Jason in Manhattan or something. And I'm sitting there thinking, Fred, when will you learn to shut the hell up? Shut the hell up. And there was nothing you could do in this instance because I blabbed it just sitting there in polite conversation. You know, I had nothing. I had nothing. I had no one to kick. No one's asked to kick but myself. Very disappointing. I think this has probably happened to me a few times in my life. You know, and and you would think I, I would learn now the funny thing about the Friday the 13th TV series is there was a girl in the show, her name was Roby. She had red hair. And apparently she was from Canada. And she comes into town, she's in LA, and all of a sudden somebody wants a photo layout of Roby at home, at home with Robie. And But she didn't live in LA. So the still photographer for this layout, who was a friend of mine named Dan Golden, who's also a fine director, Dan calls me and says, Fred, he goes, "Um, can Roby come over to your house and pretend to live there? And then I'll photograph her uh, at your house as if it's her house. And then we can do this magazine layout. So I asked Dawn, who I was married to at the time, Dawn Wildsmith. I said, what do you think? She said, oh, who cares? We'll go to the Copper Penny for breakfast that morning. She goes, "Uh, it was like a Saturday morning. She goes, and then they could just come and have the house. So we said, yeah, the Copper Penny, for those of you who know, It's just past the smokehouse as you're running down next to Warner Brothers, down where Warner Brothers, where the road turns right. uh, There's a Taco Bell or something there. There used to be a place called the Copper Penny, which was a great hole-in-the-wall breakfast joint. And Dawn and I, this is when we lived up near uh, David Carradine's house, and we were the neighbors of the Carradines. And um, and Jerry Marin, the little munchkin guy from the the Lollipop Kid, he was my next-door neighbor uh, up up at this house. And um, it was an unusual house. It's in an architectural guides of Los Angeles. I didn't realize people used to come knock on the door and ask if they could photograph the house. And I I, I was mystified like, why? And they showed me this book. And this this house was in this book. It was famous because it was all angles. It had no support walls. Uh, The whole house was just held together by these angles. And the back of the house was like a habit trail. There was no wall on the back of the house. It was just a giant sheet of glass. And if you stood in the backyard, you could just like an ant farm. You could just watch the families move from room to room and up and down and all that stuff. Every wall on the back side of the house, thank God, that was wooded, uh, wilderness kind of area behind us because the, the walls were so big you couldn't put curtains up. There just there was no way to do it. So anyway, we went away and we came back and Roby. She's uh, wearing a see-through nightgown and she's laying in front of my fireplace. They got the fire going and she's got a book open and she's drinking a glass of wine and she's all stretched out in front of our fireplace. And uh, apparently she, you know, tried her hand at cooking some stuff on the stove. And somewhere on the internet, I found a photograph of her uh, laying in front of the fireplace. I thought I put it on my Facebook page, but I couldn't find it today when I was looking for it. But uh, there was this whole magazine layout. I don't know what magazine it was for, but uh, Roby pretends to live in my house. Now this house was... um, uh, I shot a lot of stuff at this house. Uh, I shot Dick Miller's scenes for Evil Tunes, where he's watching himself on TV and Michelle Bauer comes out. I shot uh, Eric Estrada's scenes where Michelle Bauer is the demon nun who strips her clothes off and jumps on him. Uh, I shot... um, Parts of Bad Girls from Mars. I think that Dana uh, Bentley, uh, she takes a bath in the bathtub there and the lower bedroom was used in uh, Bad Girls from Mars. Uh, I know Pat McCormick did all of his scenes for um, Beverly Hills Vamp there. And we shot a bunch of scenes for uh, Terminal Force. That's where the girls taking a shower and then they find Tom Shell dead in the refrigerator. This was all this house up in the, right in the old Cahuenga Pass. And uh, that's kind of my uh, memories uh, for uh, Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Sadly, I never actually got to do uh, either one of these projects, but apparently it wasn't for want of trying. So this is uh, Fred Olin Ray. I hope you've enjoyed this Friday the 13th of September 2019 uh, special edition.